Hello, my name is Carrie, and welcome to the Yukon Entrepreneur Podcast Series, a series all about how entrepreneurs are pivoting their businesses during the global pandemic. And my guest today is Tarek, and Tarek's joining us from Whitehorse in the traditional territory of Ta'an Council and Kwanlin Dun First Nation. And I'm recording today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Asia First Nations. Welcome, Tarek. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. So Tarek, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Um, so I'm the CEO of Cold Acre Food Systems. We are farmers and we're agriculture equipment uh, manufacturers and distributors. So um, basically we do, we focus on all things year round farming. Uh, largely our, our focus right now is hydroponics. And in Whitehorse Yukon, we have a year round farm that's producing uh, leafy greens and is sold across, uh, well, as far as Dawson, um, out to you, I think in Haynes Junction and, uh, and yeah, the, you know, the, the main pieces that we're producing, even minus 40, we're still getting our produce out there. Um, and then on the other side of the company, we will help other communities and uh, people access the same technology that we use to grow ourselves. Awesome. Well, and thanks, thanks for, for joining us today. And this is actually a repeat interview. When, when we met, last met, it was, you know, summer 2020. And I think you guys were really just kind of getting started at that point, finding your, your footing. So it's good to have you back. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, Tarek, what was your first memory of the pandemic? What was kind of your like aha moment that this was a big deal? Um, I would say uh, I ordered pizza and the person was like dropped it off and backed away slowly. And I was like, oh, oh, man, <laughs> this is it's happening. <laughs> um, and then I think another one was uh, I actually uh, just bought a house like a week before I realized it was a, you know, the pandemic, like before they kind of announced the, the COVID and, and then it probably like a month later, I was like, okay, I think this is actually going to make its way to the white horse. And uh, I did have a brief moment where I thought housing, you know, I thought everybody wouldn't be able to work. And I thought our economy might see a slump. And I was very concerned. I was like, I was, I was the guy who bought a house one week before COVID. I was, it's like, oh no. Um, so those are my two main memories. And probably worked a lot from that house over the, the course of the pandemic as we all learned to work from home and do that sort of thing. Yeah, actually, um, we we were fortunate enough that we didn't have to close our office being an essential service uh, growing food. So um, I spent a lot of my time still uh, going into work with just enhanced uh, safety protocol. Um, so I did, you know, didn't get to spend as much time at home as uh, some others did. Uh, well, well, let's get into that and kind of what, what your business model is. So what have you learned about Cold Acres over the last couple of years and, and the product that you're providing to the Yukon? Well, um, so I think uh, the main one, I might have actually spoke about this last time. I think the probably the most, yeah, the piece that sticks out the most that I've learned is just how uh, supportive of local business Yukoners are. Um, it's you know, it's actually, I'm very, very impressed and, uh, and excited to be, you know, in the Yukon and to have so many people, they, they just reach out spontaneously to give us support. And, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, it's, I think that was probably the one that stood out the most to me about what I've learned is like, uh, how much people want this and how, uh, willing they are to, you know, to help us uh, achieve these, our goals. I think there was a moment and it was probably about a month ago, I guess, when when we lost all the um, road connections because of the like the 
natural disasters in British Columbia. And the, you know, so the stores were like bare, like the trucks hadn't been able to get through. And the guy from, or the delivery person from Cold Acres showed up and like the store, like let out like a huge cheer because there were like fresh greens and there was nothing else for anybody to buy. And they were just so grateful that there was something there and, yeah. and such a good quality product. So it was a cute story that somebody related to me. Oh, that's, that's great. I love hearing that. Um, yeah, that, it, it was really, really rewarding. We walked into a few of the stores and, um, Notice that is in the produce section. It was, you know, us. There's some Yukon Grain Farm potatoes. We saw some of Al Standard's eggs, and it was kind of, yeah, it was exciting to see that, uh, you know, all these stores that have been really supporting local, um, having their shelves filled with local product and uh, and not really much else. It was, yeah, it's exciting to see. Uh, I mean, in the last three and a half years, the agriculture has come so far. I find in the Yukon, we've got a long ways to go. Um, but it is exciting to look back and to think about what was on the shelves three and a half years ago versus how much is on the shelves now. And, uh, yeah, I think we're on a really good track. Yeah. We being, I love we that being our, our, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like our, our greens don't have to come from the Salinas Valley. They can come from, you know, they can come from Whitehorse. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, what have you, I mean, your customer base is predominantly in the Yukon, but you you're saying like, you've got sort of describe your business model. You guys are growing food, but you're also supporting other organizations to grow food. And is that all here in the territory or is it expanding beyond? Yeah. So um, growing food and selling it, that that's really territorial um, because part of our, what we believe in and part of the business model is that we, we want um, to see more regional like distribution and our production centers. Sorry. We want to ha- stop having so many centers that are being, you know, like California, that's feeding all of Canada or something, right? We want to see more places being able to grow their own food. So inside of it with, you know, with that in mind, um, we don't try to export our food down into British Columbia or into Northwest Territories or something. We, we want to just service what's immediately around us and get the fresh produce out to people immediately around us. Um, however, on the equipment sales side of things where we're actually selling, um, yeah, agriculture uh, equipment, we're doing that nationally. And what separates us, our value proposition in short, is that because we're also farmers, um, we really know how these things operate and that gives us a leg up. Uh, when we're trying to, you know, explain how to, or sorry, when we're making a, you know, a sale or helping a customer or a client, we can guarantee the yields that they're going to get. We can promise them how they're going to get there. We can, work with them to build their systems and, you know, market their produce and stuff because we've already done it ourselves. And it gives them a lot of faith because they see that, you know, we have a commercially successful farm. And so they know when they're buying in with us that, uh, that, you know, we'll teach them how to also get their farm to that, to that same level. Very cool. Um, as a business owner, leadership's inherent in all that we do. What, what are you learning about leadership over the last little couple of years during the pandemic? Um, I'd say, I mean, a big one is actually, uh, you know, the most powerful tool is just, uh, asking people what they want. I think there's, yeah, the, that, that's been a huge one for me, you know, instead of trying to think about it or, or try, trying to like come around and figure out how, how to keep say like staff retention, or even in terms of like clients, um, you know, you don't have to guess so much. People are actually usually really willing to answer questions. And, and so I think that having, you know, direct conversations with 
uh, with everybody is a really big one for, for leadership. So that would just be communication, which I think is, you know, a common one. And then um, that there's a lot of ways that you can, you know, make the culture of a workplace um, a lot better and that uh, don't have to necessarily revolve around wages, right? You like a lot of flexibility and there's certain pieces, I guess, that matter to different people. And trying to, of course, balance that with uh, maintaining a business can create a really, you know, happy group of people. And, and so I think, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we haven't nailed down or anything, like we're, we're still working on that, but these are the things that I've been noticing and things that we strive to improve on and, and have seen the biggest results. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had to adapt our businesses because of the pandemic. Are there any adaptations that you're particularly proud of that, that Cold Acres has managed to, to do? Yeah, um, I'd say for us, the biggest adaptation we had to do was transfer to a delivery service. So uh, before the pandemic, we used to have a couple uh, pickup locations. So it was Yukon Brewing and Bake Cafe. And we would drop off the food to each of those locations. And then uh, people would just go there to pick them up. So kind of outsourced that for us and, uh, and you know, made it a bit more convenient for our customers. And it became clear that, well, we didn't, you know, the cafe would be shutting down on and off and Yukon Brewing might be as well. And, and so we just realized that we needed to figure out how to get it to the customers. And after doing a little bit of number crunching, we realized that it was just better off to deliver it right to their houses. And by doing so, we actually opened ourselves up for a whole new world of add-ons. Um, and what I say by add-ons are other people like local um, producers, you know, being able to distribute through our delivery service. And so by having that personalized, um, yeah, delivery, we basically got to then be able to pack whatever they wanted to order uh, right in front of their door. And so since we last spoke, uh, we launched the delivery service that saw a lot of people really like were really happy about it and they were excited to see that. Um, and then we've actually expanded it. Now we have, I think, 16 uh, or maybe 18 add-ons today that people can buy in addition to the cold acre products. And so a lot of people are actually getting um, a bulk of their core groceries. Um, A lot of our clients are getting the bulk of their core groceries delivered right to their door. They can also pick it up from us, Um, but, and it's all local. And so, you know, right to your door in Whitehorse, you're getting uh, local eggs, bagels, you know, you might get some flour from Hinterland. They make a really cool product and, um, you know, and our greens. And, and so you can see that all of a sudden they have uh, a lot of their staples are covered. And, uh, you know, of course, we're not growing strawberries or anything yet. So they can go to the store for that. But it's exciting to that that it all began because we had to move to a delivery model. And, uh, and now we're, you know, we're, we're supporting we're getting it's working for us, but it's also supporting other local businesses. I like that you said strawberries yet. Does that mean that you're planning to grow strawberries? Uh, no, this just is <laughs> always out there everybody thinks you can do strawberries you can do strawberries hydroponically and it, it's so hard so yeah i'd love to but it's it doesn't seem like we're going to be there you can get them but getting them commercially uh you know volumes that are commercially viable is the trick yeah in my head it was like volume that feels like that would mean it would be like a real premium strawberry probably yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So that's really neat. And, you know, I for people listening from outside, like we don't have grocery delivery services like they do in a lot of major urban centers. So that's, I mean, it's really a unique product that you're, you're offering there. Yeah. And um, well, the trick is that we're delivering 
right? Like it's minus 40 uh, has been a few of the times, right? And we'll delay the delivery day by a day, like minus 45 with like ice fog in the air and you can't see anything. And we drive white vans. It's like the perfect disaster. So, you know, we'll pause it, but we're still getting it out every single week. Um, you know, even, well, in our, in the coldest day that we actually launched the drivers was a minus 39 or something. So uh, to be getting produce that was harvested that day and you know, all this local food that was produced, uh, bagels that were, were made that morning. Like, yeah, it's exciting for, uh, for people who don't ultimately also want to leave their house at minus 38. Yeah, definitely. Um, which of the public health measures have you found the most restrictive or more, most challenging for your business to operate within? Well, we lost a lot of restaurant clients. Um, that, that was very tricky. And I'd say that uh, ultimately that doesn't, affect us like in our operational, our day-to-day operations, we managed to facilitate um, just that, just by our layout, actually, it wasn't a huge inconvenience for us to, you know, keep people separated and to make sure they're all masked up and stuff like that was all good. But, um, but just losing a huge clientele was, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a hard one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been pretty devastating to the restaurant industry um, yeah. and tourism. Yeah. Yeah. And to be clear, I, uh, I feel for them because for us, it's a, you know, it's a, a client that we're losing for them. It's their sole business. So um, I, I couldn't imagine what it's like mm-hmm. to be a, a restaurant owner. Yeah. Have you, has Cold Acre accessed any of the pandemic related supports uh, that have been offered from any level of government? Yep. Yeah, we have. Um, and they've been, yeah, very, very helpful to mm-hmm. have that. Um I mean, you always have to prove when you access these supports, how the pandemic has affected you and make sure that, you know, you, it did negatively affect you. So you're, you know, they have reason to actually help you. Um, and so for things like losing a key client, like the restaurant industry, it was really nice to, to see some of those supports to help us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going forward, how are you thinking about your business differently? Where do you see your opportunities? Um, yeah, I think. It's a good question. Um, I think these days people are really seeing the value of being able to produce food locally. I think, uh, you know, the pandemic included, but also things like the BC flooding and just in general, the erratic behavior of our climate, um, being able to produce food in year round situations, or just being able to produce your own food to add an extra layer of uh, diversity in, in where your product come fr- comes from and your, I think it, that's starting to become really important uh, to people and they're starting to see why they should support that um, in, in all levels of, you know, people from just like people who go to the grocery store to buy stuff up to, you know, actual businesses and, and you know, uh, development corps and stuff like that. So I think that it's exciting uh, and the path forward is being more clear, I think, for us with uh, with understanding, with people understanding the importance of local food production. Mm-hmm. What, and just going, kind of going back a little bit, like what what are you producing in terms of of product right now? Like what's what's coming out of your your ag business? Um, so mostly leafy greens, herbs, and uh, we do microgreens as well. We did do a long R and D project on mushrooms, as we were uh, talking about, and we decided to pause it. And I say pause because we will come back to it, but we wanted to, being a young company, we wanted to get our feet under us and 
really focus on uh, a few few products and then kind of expand. Um, and so our, our leafy greens is yeah lettuce and uh, mustard greens and and a lot of different herbs and we I think we've we've probably got like thirty something things growing in there and we've got we've trialed well over a hundred over the the last years. Uh, if you go through our data, it's yeah you can see a lot of different attempts and stuff. So, um, but when I talk uh, and you'll notice whenever I speak about what we're doing, I do avoid the word food security. I, I always just talk about food diversity. You know, it's important to have these leafy greens. People love them and, uh, and they do add something to your diet, but I'm not claiming that we are this, you know, feeding people uh, and can sustain a community on lettuce. You do need heartier vegetables. Um, and so I do make sure that there's a distinction there. We are, uh, you know, supporting food diversity and we hope to, and our, our goal is to uh, move more into food security as we go forward. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, R&D is a big part of like your business. You're a scientist yourself, right? You're an engineer by training. So R&D is kind of a big part of what you, or, or how you're building out your business. Yeah, uh, I did a degree in physics. Uh, oh, not, physics, sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. I just, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we, everybody, you know, through the whole company is actually, almost everybody has science degrees, uh, so much so that we had to have a pause and looked around and we were like, we need to hire somebody that's not so similar to ourselves. We need some different perspectives. So we, had a, we had a break in uh, about last spring, we're like, okay, <laughs> we can't hire another science person. We need, you know, we need some sales. We need some, and so, uh, and so we did start actively trying to, you know, recruit people that weren't so much like the same as, as we are. Um, but it's been that, it, you know, it's been perfect to get us to this point because we do have a lot of um, analytical minds and we all just love data. And so we are therefore very, um, you know, I guess, adamant about taking clean data and analyzing it and using that to make informed decisions on uh, what we want to grow, where we want to, you know, put products and stuff like that. So, um, the, yeah, that's been, yeah. Are you uh, picking up any new skills to better position yourself for the years ahead? Yes. So um, as we grow, uh, I'm moving out of the role of more of the technical roles. And as we grow, I'm, you know, more into the business side of things, which is uh, not my training um, or not my, as we just discussed, that's not um, what I went to school for or anything. So I've been doing a lot of work, um, you know, after hours, uh, trying to basically develop that side of my skill set. And, you know, as we think about sort of, you know, the, the Yukon economy emerging from this pandemic or, you know, sort of reconfiguring itself because of the pandemic what are what are you kind of hoping for as we you know build that new economy for the Yukon um I think in general just being a lot more self-reliant and uh and really focusing on having a lot more um you know a lot more private industry basically a lot of a lot of jobs here and in maybe like in, in new industries and, and just, and just, yeah, the self-sufficiency piece creates the jobs. If you can produce things that are being like locally, instead of, uh, always bringing it in from down South and that money stays within the community and, um, then that'll slowly foster and build up the community. And so I, I'd love to see us, you know, get better at that side of uh, side of things. Any advice for emerging entrepreneurs? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say, um, you know, it's, it's a wild ride. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, and remember the ups when you're down and remember the downs when you're up and, uh, as it just sounds cliche, but I think that it's important that you kind of balance it out and, um, you're just always building the momentum. Uh, and so just keep, just keep pushing every day is an inch, you know, an inch forward and it'll get easier and you start to build it. And when you do start to see things falling into place, it's so exciting. Um, and, uh, and read a lot of books there. I have been so blown away by how many incredible books there are, um, out there. Uh, yeah, I'm reading, I read every night, uh, usually about some form of entrepreneur, uh, like an entrepreneur book. Um, sorry, a book about entrepreneurship <laughs> and, uh, and there's been so much inside of those books, like that have just been, yeah, saved me a lot of hard lessons. They, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who have been through this and, uh, and they're, you know, you can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Any shifts in your worldview as a result of the pandemic thing, ways, ways you're looking at the world differently? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm not, I couldn't really pinpoint what it is. Um, absolutely. And, uh, and I mean, it's hard because, uh, cold acre is mostly operated during the pandemic and, uh, and, you know, this, this creating this company and, and working through all of the challenges that we've worked through has been, uh, pretty formative for me. I've definitely developed a lot, um, in the last three and a half years. And so it's hard to say what's related to the pandemic and what's, but I know that in the last three and a half years, my view has shifted, uh, yeah, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything uh, like, or what's kind of keeping you grounded through all of this? I mean, yeah, you really have your your whole business has been almost during this pandemic time. So, what's been what's been your wellness practice? Um, I uh, I usually wake up every morning uh, before work, and I do like a long stretching session and limber up and stuff. And then (laughs) I, uh, and then I meditate and that has, I didn't do that always. That's uh, a more recent, um, the last half year sort of thing. And that I think has been probably the best for my stress level. I realized that, um, yeah, I'm a lot less stressed. I'm a lot happier, um, and more focused. I think, well, it's part of reading those books, um, that, you know, the, I think, meditation is probably one of the top pieces that they, everybody recommends is meditation, journaling, sleeping properly, which is a funny one because I think everybody wants to sleep better. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm trying. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, I think that the meditation is probably one of the easiest uh, ones to, to do. And it probably has the highest, like the, the biggest benefits. Mm. Any closing thoughts before we close out the interview today? Um, nope, I don't think so. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time today, Tarek. Yeah, thank you.